Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. Hey guys, happy Friday and welcome to Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. I'm Chris Williams, joined as always by John Miller. And we are presented by our friends at Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Your favorite place to play. John Miller is holding a live dog. It's Ginger. It's the mascot of the show. Are you Gerson woke her Ginger. Up? She was Why'd snoring. You wake her up? She was snoring too loud before we even started the show, and I'm trying to get her situated in a more uh favorable sleeping position where she doesn't snore before oh, okay. we do like i might need to side t- type deal yeah i may need to talk with your wife about some surgery we're considering for her she has like constricted um breathing so may need to get another second opinion how old's this dog five okay yeah she's probably worth the surgery then right we've like considered that died two years or something right like right right yeah uh it's been a while do you have good holidays everything good yeah, things were good. I think we came out of it mostly healthy, other than like, I had a tooth infection, which is like kind of a semi-inly thing. I've got wisdom teeth that like are partially out. One's coming in at a sideways angle. You think I was, you know, born and raised in, you know, Czechoslovakia or something, somewhere in Europe where they don't do dentistry. And, um, but yeah, I got to get it cut out. I've known this for a long time. I've just been a wuss, but I need to go do it. Okay, then. Inside uh, dentistry here on Miller and Williams. Well, because the pain level is just below that of the uh, kidney stone that I had about a decade ago, which I wanted to die. I lived on roughly the quarter of Ashworth and Jordan Creek by Lutheran Church of Hope was my house, right? There's a hospital less than two miles from there, all right, towards, uh, I guess, is it University or Hickman? I kind of forget the streets now. I made it halfway, drove myself. I made it halfway. And I had to pull over because I was blacking out from the pain and I had to call an ambulance and I was a mile from the hospital. My God. Yeah. The tooth pain is just a little bit under that. I hope you get that taken care of. I should. Right now, I I want no sympathy because this is a dumb, bullheaded John issue. I look at energy stocks. You're doing fine. Go and get your... your, uh... It's not not a matter of cost. It's just a matter of, I don't know, stupidity. Dude, what is it about the older you get in the dentist? Because when you're a kid, it's like it's set. Mom and dad take you. You have to go. And then... Even like when I was in college, it's like, oh, on Christmas break, I'll go to the dentist. It's just like a set deal. When you become an adult, it's like the dentist is the one thing that I consistently like will just put off. I mean, I go, but it's like I'll find any excuse to cancel that appointment. No doubt. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, we, we, you know, like a lot of things in life that we're forced to either do or think when we're children, you get to be an adult. You're like, you know, what? I don't, I don't think that way anymore. I'm going to think for myself. Sorry. You know? You indoctrinated me on 110 things. I'm going to look my own way now. But, you know, the dentist really should not be a, uh, a point of uh, subjection. It's subjectively a good thing to go, and we're just dumb. It's actually uh, the wife would tell you, bringing up your dog, like one of the number one things for, like, dog health teeth. over the course of their life is the teeth because of all the bacteria and stuff that just, yeah. like, 
yeah. grow there. And it causes all sorts of other health problems. Did yeah, you, my we, wife's like a, she's not board certified, but she's one of the best like dental surgeons in Iowa. The canine tooth, canine tooth extractor. Yeah. Yeah. Ginger just lost four of them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So she learned my wife was like her mentor at the start of her career is like a, one of the top dental surgeons in like the country. So that's that, pretty cool. That's the yeah. only reason I know a lot about this is because she would come home and just talk about this. You don't have to give an explanation for yeah. the breadth of knowledge that you have. I certainly don't. Dude, well, I, I read it is, online. Like we vacation, like when we go on vacation with friends, it's all veterinarians. Oh, wow. That must be just and somebody I'm, like. I'm oftentimes the only one there who's not a veterinarian because so a lot of husband, wife, veterinarian combos and stuff. And they look down at you secretly. Um, okay. But but the bonus is you had an unlimited access of supply to ivermectin during the pandemic. So the bonus is that I'm the only one who knows how to have fun, and I'm the life of the party. That's true. That's true. So. Are you gonna bring? Are you gonna bring Chris? Great. <laughs> the technicians and stuff they love me at holiday parties. I bet. All right, round of shots. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Line them up. Ball. Chris, did you bring any of that Cody Road with you? <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll get to Iowa basketball. Last. I want to talk a little Jim Harbaugh. Um, the Chris Beard stories is crazy. We uh, touch on that and then whatever else we dive into. Iowa basketball comes back from 21 down last night to beat Indiana. I was shocked at how flat they were. Not even flat. It, it looked like, John, in the first 10 minutes that they were not even trying on defense. Like Indiana was just getting wide open layups. Um, Iowa snaps out of it. One of the best comebacks in the history of Iowa basketball. A lot of drama at the end of the game uh, between the two coaches. Fran um, Fran had a bunch of Fran uh, moments. The the Fran con. We you know we get that thing on Twitter. What level is he at? Is he mm-hmm. at a seven right now? Is he at a right. six? Nonetheless, uh, that's a good win. I, I, I felt like that was a season saver. If they go zero and four. And lose it in that fashion after coming all the way back, man. And with their schedule, you got to go two Rutgers next. It's almost impossible to bounce back from an zero and five. Didn't did that feel that way to you, season saver? Yeah, I, th- I think you had it right. I mean, I didn't watch, but like eight minutes of the Eastern Illinois game, like I was doing something, didn't even know the game was on actually. And then my brother texted me, he's like, "Dude, are you watching this?" I'm like, "No." Then I looked at the score, and it was like sixty-one fifty-five with like eight minutes left. I'm like, "Oh crap, I better tune in." And that was incredibly disappointing. And then the uh, Penn State game was disappointing. The Nebraska game was disappointing. It's like, these guys are dead. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, you know, Chris Murray was out for significant chunks of what I just mentioned. But there's no excuse to lose to an Eastern Illinois. As we all know, it's one of the greatest, um, you know, betting line upsets in the history of college basketball. Last night, didn't watch the start of the game. Brother and Barney texted me, you know, hey, they're down 21. I'm like, good Lord. But I had just gotten home from doing some kid stuff, sit down, turn the TV on. Iowa was down 13 at that point. And all I saw for the rest of the game, like the last 30 minutes, was incredible effort, incredible energy. Um, they're not a great defensive team. They're never going to be. But they actually, you know, the, the press allowed them to be better on defense than they are, than they are in a half-court set. And Indiana didn't handle it well. I, you know, the part of the game I watched, the last 
three quarters, Iowa had more energy than Indiana, and then they were able to execute better than Indiana. I'm not saying the execution was great, but then again, they averaged over 1.25 points per possession for the game, which is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Second half, that was probably closer to 1.3 to 1.4, which is phenomenal. So, you know what? It's a great win. Season saver, if they wind up making the tournament, absolutely. Um, Don't you agree, though? Like, if they lose last night, for like, sure, it's just hard to imagine a scenario where they bounce back on Sunday. Like, it just, especially with Patrick being out. Like, all, right, it, I, I totally, totally agree with you. No doubt, this win gives them a chance to make it to the tournament. Had they lost this, I don't think they would have had a chance. It was a second quadrant one win. The other one was the blowout win they had against Iowa State in Carver Hawkeye Arena, which seems like a billion years ago. Um, but you look at this team, and obviously Patrick is a, is a good player. Um, I'm not going to say anything right now that I haven't said for three years. He's a good player. I would love to have him in pickup games at the Y, but in offensive half-court sets, he's not a great player. He is phenomenal in transition when it's funk, when it's attack initiation, he can use his length. He can swoop to the the rim. But in half court sets, Patrick oftentimes dribbles without any purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the early rules of basketball: don't dribble unless you have a purpose. If you know your, and also don't leave your feet without knowing what you're going to do. Patrick leaves his feet all the time with no idea. It's just a funk game. And he's good. I'm not dogging him. He's just, it's not like, you know, he averages over 12 a game. So, okay, yeah, he's good. I'm not saying that he's not good, so don't twist it. Mm-hmm. But he's not hes not a half-court set player. And Iowa has to run a lot of half-court sets. Because teams, whenever Iowa's, you know, whenever other teams are on the offensive end, they shoot, they send guards back to gum up Iowa's transition game. So, but losing Patrick in the end is going to be a negative effect for however long they lose him. And I absolutely salute Patrick for taking care of himself, for stepping out, for being public with it. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, great deal of respect for that. I am really looking forward to the day when when things like this become um, everyone's supportive of it. You don't get jackasses on Twitter saying, you know, your life's so easy. Your dad's a millionaire. You got a full ride scholarship. What do you have to be anxious about? Fuck off. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not what anxiety is about at all. It's not. You can be the the wealthiest person in the world and still be miserable because you have a mental pre-inclination to suffering from anxiety and depression. So just F off with that. Especially so, a young man, too. Like That's the case with anyone, John. But, I mean, with his past and everything he's gone through and just the demons that he's had to fight because of – the uh, cancer battle and like it's yeah, just, it's just it's just it's just this lack of humanity and compassion. I just get you know you know some people are say sometimes John sometimes you tweet too angrily or an edge and they're right. I do. I need to do a better job of entering into conversations with people without the fuck off mindset. But there are just sometimes it's like you know what I got nothing for you other than double bird, and this is one of those times. So Patrick. You stay gone as long as you need to stay gone. You do you. So I hope they make the tournament. He comes back and, like, um, he may be a brand-new player, too. I mean, if if he's getting the right type of treatment or whatever, I I don't know. All this stuff's different, right? Like, some people really need to talk and do therapy. Some people need meds adjusted. Like, it's just different for everybody. But hopefully it's like a mental break 
that he needs and he can come back. What was he like five for thirty in the two games prior to? Like, yeah, clearly he. If you watch him, he's clearly thinking too much out there and not reacting and not just playing basketball. It's a ton of pressure, and he's on social media and he's a target. And it's like you know, honestly, if Patrick McCaffrey never plays basketball again, um, and that means that Patrick McCaffrey is going to live a mentally uh, more sound life, maybe basketball is the anxiety. I don't know. I don't know Patrick, but maybe it's a considerable fig, uh, contributor to it. And if he never plays basketball again, and that leads to Patrick McCaffrey having the best life he can live, I hope he never touches a basketball again. I think the majority of these guys, and it's different now with name, image, and likeness because there's value to it. The majority of these guys should not be paying attention to Twitter. There was a yeah, um, I, I mean, I, uh, I'm i not speaking out of turn. I, I I don't think he would mind if I said this. When I was out in Portland with Iowa State, I, I'm, I'm very close with Caleb Grill. I've known him since he was a sophomore in high school. I love his family. Um, he, he, he started the season off, couldn't make a shot, and was spending way too much time reading tweets. And I, was, I saw him, he deletes the app. He goes out and scores 30 against North Carolina the next night. He's had 10 threes in the first two Big 12 games. And, like, I think a lot of guys, like, they need to do that. And yeah. Like, especially if you're Patrick McCaffrey, I think. Because I think Connor kind of breeds off of the, you know, tough guy. Like, he, you know, he runs over to the Indiana bench and all. I don't think Patrick just – genuinely has that type of personality from what I've gathered but he's still going to get targeted because his dad is the coach like you said right like that may have nothing to do with any of this but he probably gets a lot more shit than there's no know, doubt. Joe Toussaint did or whoever right so there's, like, there's no two doubt people people the, the thing that I find that the human species is most jealous of is the success of other people Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, success is defined in many different ways. And maybe in this way, it's like, oh, you're a rich kid's son. F you. You know, my life's harder than yours, so I'm going to be a dickhead to you. That happens all the time because people mm-hmm. can't handle other people being successful um, because they think it's not fair. And like I tell my girls all the time when they say the things like it's not fair to me, I'm like, you know what? I don't see any cotton candy or elephant ears around here, so let's get this fair talk out of the freaking uh, arena. Um, so that's what not, not what life's about. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. But, you know, back to the, the team, um, if they if they play defense like that for 70 percent of games going forward, because you can't keep up that maximum intensity for every game for a whole big 10 season. You just can't. But if they can play defense with a per- committed purpose, they've got a chance to make the tournament right now. I'd still wager that they won't make the NCAA tournament. Um, but you know what? I've been really wrong about this team. I thought they was they were going to take a much bigger step back last year, and they didn't. They were actually, in some regards, maybe a tougher team to defend than the year before. Yeah, the problem I have with Iowa, and I, I thought they were going to lose last night even with like 10 to play, is you just can't trust them to get a stop. And they're not like this elite-level offensive team that they have been. You know, that that would be my worry. They're good offensively. Like they're they're a good. They're not top five this year, and no, they need to be top, top five. To, they're not top five. Yeah, and if you're top fifty, and that defense is still the draggedy old defense that you always have, you're done. You're you're done. But you know what's great? My brother sent me a text they're a couple 15 days. Fifteen right now. Are they okay? Yeah. Sent me a text the other day, like, hey, you know, I was like a one point favorite, or something like that, going into that game. 
or, or maybe Indiana. One of the teams was a one point five. Iowa was, and I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, lay it all on Indiana. So I'm, I, I don't I don't wager college basketball. But just is like, what do these guys know? I I didn't see that coming, and that I think might have been even before the Patrick news. Like what? Yeah. What? And then they go and do that, and they're down twenty one, and they win. It was a fun it was a fun game to watch. Um, I'm glad I didn't watch the first you know hole they dug in because I would have turned it off and probably not come back. But but yeah, um, the the Fran stuff. Do you have any reaction at all to that anymore? You know, just like old man set in his ways and i say that by a coaching standard he's been there forever right i my biggest play last night my biggest complaint against fran and i've said this on the radio before i've said it on podcasts before is just his um inability seemingly to control his temper it's a bad look it's more just a bad pr hit but i think he's actually gotten a lot better the last three years frankly i do too yeah i i don't know what created the situation last night I, I wasn't there i didn't hear it i know that fran's players even after they're gone almost all of them would take a bullet for him not uncommon for co- players to love their coach because of the 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 father the paternal type of relationship that can develop but um i don't know man it's 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 competition and in my family there's a 70 percent chance that if we sit down to play a game of boulder dash it's going to end with harsh words and feelings between my wife, my two daughters. We are all hyper competitive. It's just a part of it. So, my daughter, they got a Bluey game. Bluey yeah. Scavenger Hunt. I know who Bluey is. They got this game for Christmas. And no matter what, the, the, the ending is rigged where you all win and lose together. Oh, she must hate that. Uh, she's only three, so she thinks it's pretty. Because you, you're trying to fill up the toy box, and you have yeah. to do this scavenger hunt to get it, and it's all yeah. everybody's a winner, and we all win together at the end of the game. That sounds like a bunch of left-leaning bullcrap that you're feeding your it. kid. Yeah, there's the old John Miller. I just threw the bait out into the water, sprinkled <laughs> some blood all over the catfish bait, and just threw it on out there. He damn, damn liberals. Uh, Okay, let's go to Harbaugh. Loses to TCU in the college football playoff. Now reports of accusation of a level one violation, a bunch of level two violations. Meanwhile, he's been rumored with all these NFL jobs. The The level one violation appears to be, John, from what I've been able to gather, is lying to NCAA investigators. Lack of compliance with an investigation. Yeah, but these these I don't know these things are not a big deal. Like they technically can fire him for this, but they're they're certainly not going to. The guys made two playoffs in a row. The level right. two stuff is like, oh, there was an extra coach out on the field coaching during a practice. Um, they videotaped some practices that they weren't supposed to. Right. They were accused of contacting a kid during COVID. Um, when everything was shut down, which is a little bit bullshit, like because uh, you know our whole our whole world, we just like forget what those couple weeks were like when we had no idea what this thing was. And, right. Um, so that that to me would probably be the most serious thing. Harbaugh puts out a statement yesterday that he intends to come back to Michigan. It's still pretty wishy washy. Uh, a little bit surprised here. It did seem like after last year, 
He wanted the Vikings job. The Vikings move in another direction. He comes back, makes this vow. This is not going to be a thing that I do each and every year. I'm a little bit, I, I, I guess I'm surprised. I don't know if I should be surprised. Maybe I'm the one that should have been just wrong here. Um, I, I, why did I trust Jim Harbaugh that he wouldn't be more interested in the NFL again? But I, I don't know. It just feels like he's got a really good thing going there. And I, I like Harbaugh myself. Like I think he's a really good coach. Um, everybody, everybody killed him. And I, I just remember when they it was the COVID year. And like they were like wanting them fired. I mean, you, you imbeciles! Like where this program was before this guy got there. Who the hell do you think you are? I don't know. Like I thought Harbaugh would be there for another ten years. Where are you at on it? Well, his statement says, "I'm aware of the rumors and speculation over the past few days. College and NFL teams have great interest in all our personnel. Blah blah blah." As I stated in December, while no one knows what the future holds, I expect that I will be enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023. That's not exactly, you know, a bullet, but he doesn't have to, frankly. No. Um, I, I was, I, you know, I was envisioning myself the other day being like in a Michigan press con- conference and somebody to my right asking Harbaugh and just like picking apart those words, which you can. And that's what everyone in sports talk radio is doing all over the country is picking apart those words like I just did. It's like, so what? You know, I, to me, I, I think Harbaugh is like a, a clown caricature. He's just. It's, you know what? It's it's not my style. I would not want him to be the head coach at Iowa at all. I don't. I think he is just um, – it's just not my style. I want to be careful what I say because it's not – yeah, this is not for me. I, I don't I don't like his uh, persona. Um, I'm not saying it's false. He's just not for me. It's, to me, it's oil and water. But he's obviously, you know, turned that program around, took a while, but they've been doing it at the line of scrimmage, which is what Michigan used to be. I'm surprised it took them that long. Um, But I wouldn't say that that statement would allay my concerns if I'm a Michigan fan. No. So, Especially with the NCAA stuff. To me, the NCAA stuff is – is a nothing burger. You know, you have a you have a uh, kid transferring to play to Wisconsin. Was it yesterday or the day before? And basically, in his tweet, that insinuated that you know he was talking to Wisconsin before he even entered the portal, and there was no reason to look at anywhere else. It's basically admitted tampering, all right? Or what? what the notion of tampering that we've always thought the, the admit, tampering to the level that if that was in the NFL, Wisconsin would be fr- fined millions of dollars by the under, other owners. Same thing in the Major League Baseball, but in college football, uh, the only rules we have is there are no rules. Rules. We have no direction. We have no roadmap. So it is the Wild West. Did I think? Do I think Iowa, quote unquote, tampered to get Cade McNamara? Hell yes. Of course they did. I have zero doubt about it. Don't know the process. Probably the process, Chris, with all these things is, you know, you got coaches that develop relationship with these guys. You're probably interested in them at one point in time. That coach developed a relationship with his high school coach. So the player says, you know what? I'm going to leave uh, Wisconsin. Don't tell anybody high school coach, but could you maybe reach out to your contact at Iowa to see if they'd have an interest in me or vice versa? Yeah. And then the, co- the contact at Iowa would have somebody that's not affiliated with the football program talk to that coach. You have third party intermediaries that creates plausible deniability, and that's how it happens. And everyone's doing it. And allegedly it's against the rules, but no one's getting in trouble. So what Michigan's accused for? <laughs> yeah. Nothing, Burger. Nothing. Yeah. That's well said. Then uh, the whole thing, too. I don't know. I, I almost wonder if all of these coaching staffs would be better 
if they would just get rid of like the 10 analysts and grad assistants and stuff like it's got to be overwhelming if you're Matt Campbell or Kirk Ferentz and you go into that like okay who's that guy in the corner what's he do like you know what I mean do they really need all these guys no well they're probably doing it because Saban started doing it and then it's an arms race and it's it yeah it's 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 dumb it makes your football program much more like corporate you know like there's more of a but isn't it that's what it is? Yeah, but I, I just but I would question is that right? Is that necessarily better? Well, right or better are both very subjective questions. Okay, um, let me ask you this because I I would argue now this is in the media world, but the companies I've been associated with that are locally owned, where one or two people can make a decision, are the leaner ones. I guess would be are are much healthier. And, you know, you have the ability to pivot. You have the ability to There's do no doubt. things. There's no doubt. It's the same thing with my company. We, we, we talk about that very aspect all the time. We compete against multi-billion dollar companies, and we're better. And it's because we can be leaner. We can be quicker. We're not beholden to shareholders. We're 100% privately owned. We've taken no outside money. We have no, you know, we're not puppets on the end of strings. So, yeah, you're right. That's true, but um, I don't know, man. I think that uh, college football is just – part of me sometimes wonders if uh, – well, part of me sometimes wonders if in 30 years high school football is even going to exist um, because of the litigious aspects of you know things. You know, it's interesting what we all saw on Monday Night Football with uh, Hamlin you know, and, and how that played out. You know, Aaron Rodgers and some older players the next day is like, I, what am I doing here? I got to really question why I'm still playing this game. Um, so I don't know. I think there are bigger problems than that, but yeah, maybe, maybe there are too many analysts. The high school thing's going to get fascinating. Do you want me to go down my media rabbit hole? Sure. Why? Like, why is it like here locally? Or you, you, you say it in Kansas City too. If I'm the athletic director at Ankeny Centennial or West Des Moines Valley or Dowling, like, why aren't you selling your media rights? Hmm. Like all these streaming companies are trying to come in and they're selling commercials. Sounds like a business waiting to happen. Well, I'm sure there's some of it going on now. Like, I'm sure like if you go and broadcast a game at Ankeny, like you have to pay something. But like, why aren't we like, hey, okay, Channel 13, you want to do your games of the week on Friday? Right. You you can have rights to all of ours for the next 10 years for... $400,000. I don't know what the number is. I have no idea what the value is on that. But that's I think that's what's next. So this is interesting. So think think of this hypothetically. Even a school like West Branch or Clorinda, right? Yeah. Where you're from? I saw the Iowa Chill guys basically rank Clorinda as the worst town in Iowa, by the way. Um, Which, actually, the joke's on them because there's like over a 1,000 towns in Iowa, so they ranked us in the top 10, 15%. So suck that. 17.6%. Well done. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well done. Um, so, but even even still, even in Clorinda, they want to watch their, what's the Clorinda? I watch uh, my niece, Addison. She plays varsity basketball. I watch every one of her games. What's the mascot there? The Cardinals. Okay. Hockey, the good. Cardinal. I was glad it wasn't some kind of Native American accent. Oh, there's a lot uh, of those, too. Uh, you know. So the Cardinals. People want to tune in to watch them. People want to tune in to watch their alma mater. I was I listened to West Branch High School webcast. I watched a video cast of their playoff games. Um, you know, their last one at home. Um, 
somebody comes in and basically you know buys the rights to stream every single high school game in Iowa and they you know they have to make a you know a purchase of equipment make sure that there's enough good enough Wi-Fi there at the games but they control all that and then they sell local advertising to it which that you know that's probably the, the encumbrance is you're not gonna have enough manpower to go out and sell hundred dollar ads to Main Street suites to be a sponsor but for probably for larger schools in that um, the CIML yeah. could come together and sell a media rights deal yeah for sure I think you're onto something there. Matter of fact, I think uh, seven. Um... I don't want any piece of this. Okay. Because then, what's to stop? Like, oh, okay, the next Harrison Barnes at Amesai. Oh, how many people are streaming my games? Well, and he wants a cut of, of it, right? Yeah. But, but that's not illegal anymore. I know. I know it's not. But I'm just saying, there's a lot that. Why are you trying to why are you trying to limit someone's ability to generate revenue? I'm not not trying to limit anything. I'm saying like I don't want any part of it because I could see all these like things popping up out of nowhere that I haven't even thought of yet. I don't want yeah. to do this. This it is seem, way too high stress. It, it seems rather uh, cumbersome. Yeah. I don't know how le- I like the idea though. Well, I mean, think about it. Like Caden Proctor and then the Samu kid from um Southeast Polk played last that's two D1 guys on Southeast Polk. Like if they those games like are broadcast on the Central Iowa Sports Network and a thousand people tune in and that Central Iowa Sports Network, let's say, has monetized this to make fifteen hundred dollars on this game. I don't, I'm just right. saying, like yeah, everything no. we've been doing in college for the last twenty years could trickle down to some extent. There's no doubt. Just like everything in the NFL <laughs> is trickling up from high school football over the last twenty years. Yeah. Empty backfields, shotgun quarterbacks, dual threats. High school is where that was really pervasive. Then it came college quarterbacks. There's not a ton of uh, pro-style passers anymore to get because they don't do that. Under center, for a lot of these guys, when they come to college, if they come play for Iowa, the first time they've taken snaps under center is when they you know get to Iowa. Um, and then the NFL, you're starting to see the hybrid quarterback, the changeover. So you're right. You know, you mentioned Caden Proctor. This is a little aside. I saw something the other day for those people watching. It's basically from a 247 site. It was an, you know, an image, they said. And this is a quote from Caden Proctor. When these stories come out, I hope they understand that. It wasn't about the NIL money, meaning his decision to choose Alabama over Iowa. Because I'm not getting as much money as Iowa would have paid me. And okay, I good for you. I, if I would have been in Caden Proctor's you know camp world, I would have had him evaluate all the, the the revenue opportunities. I don't know that you can go wrong choosing Alabama over Iowa if you're at any position, including offensive line. Both programs have a rich history of putting players in the league, and those players making a lot of money. So I just found that to be interesting. Well, and I would also make the point to. Like he could transfer to Iowa tomorrow if he wants. He could, but you know, a lot of asshole fans probably you know have made him hate Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh yeah, I don't think their that behavior. will happen now, right? Because people don't think about that. You know, they usually just when get guys the transfer, they go closer to home. For sure, no doubt. Maybe he becomes a cyclone. If Campbell's still possible. there, it's very possible. They right. they did recruit him, but no, I. I I, and I'm not surprised by that, knowing what I know about NIL, that Iowa would offer. Iowa has to offer more than Alabama to get that type of a player. For sure, for sure. But one of the comments that he also made on signing day was, hey, you know, I get to go compete for national championships, blah, 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 and have fun. 
And I'm sorry, Iowa, you don't have a big enough bag <laughs> to overcome the lack of fun factor that your <coughs> offense to this point has shown the world that it is. It's, you know, hearing all this speculation about, you know, Iowa's going to open some things up next year. Cade McNamara feeding into that speculation, this, that, and the other. Probably had to, you know, sell Seth Anderson on that a little bit as well. The receiver that they got, you had to sell hope and you sell hope via change. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I am not falling my, for that my favorite, again. Yeah, no, you, nor should you. Remember when, the, who was the kid from Michigan, the Iowa kid who transferred to Iowa, Oliver? Oliver Martin. And that was like the big thing. I mean, how many receivers have been like, oh, well, now it's going to change. Yeah, it's going to be different this time. Now oh. we get this D2 kid coming in. Oh, yeah, well, this is it. We yeah, have Tesla. D2 yeah. guy, ready to go. Yeah. They get a uh, out of nowhere commit from a quarterback from Wisconsin. Things are really looking up. That must be real this time. Oh, by the way, they have potentially two All American tight end quarterback, uh, uh, two All American tight end candidates on the squad. So let's apply Occam's razor here, looking through a historical <laughs> perspective. Are they more likely to go with a shit ton of twelve personnel, or is it going to be eleven all day and sometimes empty? I don't know. You decide. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining, son. <laughs> uh, we still haven't got any news from Iowa either, so uh, on the coordinators and, and whatnot. Maybe that's next week. Well, I mean, um, you know, Brian Ferentz running off the field right at the end of that game. That ain't a good look. What do you mean? I didn't even see it. What you're talking about? He just the game was over. Down really? The tunnel. I didn't even see that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think he came back out from what I heard, but um, and maybe that's nothing, but. Um, and yeah, Brian's taking a lot of heat, and I, I just, I just think that it would be best if Brian has the opportunity to move on. He should move on. Here's my deal with Brian. Like, I, I actually have sympathy for a guy like that. Like when he does the bowl press conference and he's sitting next to Phil Parker. I mean, he really isn't a lose. There's nothing he can say really that's good there. That's gonna, you know, whet the appetite of fans for what they're looking for. I will say this. His he. he he has a hard time just answering a question without throwing some snarky shit at the beginning of the answer. That's the problem. He That's is, where he um, starts to look bad. He certainly is opinionated, and I'm never going to fault a coach for being opinionated. Probably does rub some people the wrong way. I think Brian knows a ton about football. Uh, Brian took the job of the offensive coordinator working for Kirk Ferentz. And that would be the prism with which I'd view the opportunity much uh, more so than working for my dad. Because working for Kirk Ferentz as an offensive coordinator, the data is clear. You will do what he wants. And what he wants to do is stab your eyes out. Boring and ineffective more than it is effective and interesting. Iowa's most interesting offensive attack, an interesting offensive game maybe in the last five years, was their win against Ohio State at home, 55 to 24. And that game, the tight ends were on display, flexing for America to see, both of them. Two tight ends taken in the first round of the NFL draft. That is Iowa. I'm glad for it. It's great. But that's the kind of bullshit that you're trying to sell the receivers. So and you I don't Chris, think Seth Anderson is going to change this? I don't. Hope I, I hate to bum, got Nico burn him back. out. That's good. Yeah, that's that. That is actually good. But I think that um, 
the, the data is is in my favor. And uh, was Greg Davis allowed to put his fingerprints on it? Sure. Did Brian Ferentz do some nuances and things? Probably. Um, but the the trend from Ken O'Keefe to Greg Davis to Brian Ferentz is horrible down and to the right. It's horrible. Just unspeakably bad. John Miller, ladies and gentlemen. How many years have you been doing the Hawkeye podcasting? I've been talking or writing about the Hawkeye since 1999. You and uh, Zobble, baby. Right. One point in time, I was uh, a homer. I made the Kool-Aid. Those days are gone. <laughs> uh, Dino is watching on YouTube. He's asking, uh, is somebody's dog snoring? That's Ginger. Hey, Dino, you must be new here. Is this your first time listening to the podcast, And, and if you are, thank you for being here. But that is that is Ginger in the background. She just heard her name, so she stopped snoring for a few seconds. I asked Chris before we started, do you want me to go lock her upstairs? No. He said, no. She's a part of the show. So, you know, that is uh, that is Chris's problem. And this is a professional move that I'm doing right here. I hear Chris typing, so I just kept talking to make thank sure you. that, you know, there wouldn't be dead air. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, let's do the Chris Beard thing real quick. He's fired as Texas's basketball coach with cause. Um, uh, we don't need to run over everything that happened there. Domestic allegedly abuse. happened or whatever we have to say. Uh, props to Texas, I think. Uh, I, I have a feeling this will be fought in court by Beard's people. But um, it, this got interesting when the uh, victim... The alleged victim came out and basically was like, hey, I didn't mean for him to get arrested, yada, yada, yada. Um, but uh, there's just a lot of times, John, where these powerful guys and Beard's probably one of the stature-wise five biggest in college basketball prior to all this, um, where they can basically get away with anything as long as they're winning. The opportunity was here, I believe, for Texas to – take everybody's word for it and move on. I think they did the right thing, though. Um, what we know from this case, if you read the affidavit, if even if you just take the, the woman's word for it, like it still just looks bad for a leader of young men at a public institution like this. I think that they made the right call. This is probably an actuarial decision in that the negative aspects of keeping Chris Beard were far more painful and potentially injurious to the university and basketball program in the long term than retaining him and crawling through a Andy Dufresne river of shit to deal with what they'd have to do to keep him. The benefits of keeping Beard to the program, the negative pain outweighed the, Could you the other side opposing crowds? No, it would have been horrible. It would have been unfair to the players. Yeah. And um, I think they made the right decision because they're Texas. You know, they have one of the top three, probably largest, um, you know, revenue pots of any other, you know, Texas A&M has all that, you know, oil endowment, but I'm sure Texas is you know, certainly not crying for poor. Texas can go out and hire a top five coach again, any day of the week. So, I think they made they made the right move morally, then they 
probably made the right business move as well. Yeah, and they because they got him with cause. I think he had like a thirty-five million dollar buyout. Twenty-one million dollars. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, still a lot of scratch. Um, and yeah, he'll fight it. But um, I actually was reading that he may not fight much because if they fight it, then the court will dig into what actually happened, and maybe he won't want those details out there. Yeah, maybe he'll like arrange a settlement for like a couple mil. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's sad. It's upsetting. And uh, yeah, sounds like Texas make the made the right move. All right, you got anything else? What's what are you up to this weekend? I got a lot of reading to do. I've had several people ask me. Interestingly enough, when I say several, probably I don't know more than twenty. Um, like you know, what are those books that you're reading? You and Williams have been talking about books. I know that I've said that I'm not going to read nonfiction or uh, I'm not going to read fiction this year. I'm taking a year off from fiction. I'm going to read nonfiction. Like, hey, can you send me a picture of your books? I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do that. But I'm like, you know, what's the so I'm not going to send a picture out, but I will, I will tell people what I'm reading. You should get on, uh, there's an app, Goodreads. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I like that. And you can like log your books. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's like that's social cool. media for readers. So this is my goal for this year, hopefully for the next few months. Um, number one, uh, the barbarism, the barbarian conversion from paganism to Christianity. Number two, how Jesus became God. Number three, the God delusion by Richard Dawkins. Number uh, four, Sam Harris waking up. Uh, number five, The Human Faces of God. Number six, God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens. So I've got three of the four horsemen of uh, atheism in America whose books I'm going to read. Um, uh, whatever number this is, In Search of Zarathustra, which is basically talking about Zoroastrianism, a religion that I think probably was very much impactful, not only in Christianity, but Buddhism and Buddhism predates Christianity. And then just a book on world religion. So I spent, you know, m- all the previous like 40 some plus 48 years of my life. I'm 51. So 48 years of my life, I basically read and believed everything I was taught and told to read and be- read and believe. Now I'm just reading some other things and we'll see where I land when it's all said and done. Haven't sounds closed like the some, door on anything. Sounds like some really light reading here to start the it, It's just deep soul searching. And also in the midst of this, I'm about 140 pages into, I wouldn't call it a book right now because really it's just, I'll read something or I'll hear something in a podcast. I press pause in the podcast. I talk into my notes or I read something and I have to stop and I have to get a thought out. And I'm like 140 legit pages that I've written Feel from like, that. Um, big time first world 2023 problems here. But God, the we, we've got to get better with the talk to text technology. Agree. Oh, oh my gosh. God. It's horrible. And Apple's is way worse than than uh, Android. Is it really? I've never it used is. an Android. So it's really know. freaking bad. And uh, but yeah, I want to use that technology so bad, right. but it's so painful to use. It is it because then you got to go edit it, and by the time yeah. you're done editing it, you should have just typed it. But yeah. you know what I'm doing? I sometimes will send you like the longest oh. text you ever received. And like, yeah, hey, you I send just wrote me like it. a ten. You you send me like a thousand word text. Yes, I do. I copy. And I'm and like paste John. It. I can't respond to this right now. Yes. Right. Well, I just, I didn't ask you to. I just I'm said glad. You know, I keep. I just keep sent it to you. It. I, I want the. I want you to jontificate via text message. Yes, jontificate. Yes, and I'm. You know, I've got a Substack, jontificate.com. It goes to my Substack, and I'm going to be populating that because you and I are for real going to start doing a million uh, Miller Williams we are. Williams Miller non sports podcast, and we've got a wing dinger 
of an opening topic that we talked about before this episode. So we're looking for those forward to of that. You, yeah. Who have asked for this, you're going to get it. We, the problem with the quarter four of 22 is that we were launching this new company and just, just everything we're, we're going to, we're going to schedule it. We're going to actually do this. I promise. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be my most fun thing. And that probably will be along the vein and lines of, what I intend to do the rest of my waking days on this uh, planet, as long as I'm have uh, a consciousness that drives this sack of skin and carbon that I call a body. God bless you. All right. Uh, enjoy uh, whatever you're enjoy reading this weekend, John, the Hawks Thank you. are at Rutgers on Sunday, Good. Iowa state. Thank you for TCU. reminding me. At, uh, Iowa state's got a tough one too. That, that they're two and oh, but man, that TCU team. I can't imagine you probably stayed up to watch them play Baylor the other night, but that TCU team is rolling right now. I think they get they get their are they healthy again? Yeah, they're good. Well, they're yeah. really really. I think that that team. I truly think that they could win the Big Twelve. Yeah, and Iowa played them when they were like down what one or two guys. Yeah, they were a, a shell of what they are now. They Speaking are of the Big Twelve, I mean, if anybody emerges from the Big Twelve like four games over five hundred, just crown them. It's brutal, I mean, the, isn't it? Have you ever seen anything it, like it? No. Is the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City again this year? Yeah. Yeah, I All actually right. booked okay. my hotel yesterday. You don't stay with me? Well, I, I think that um, the kids are coming this year. They're going to go They're gonna go down on like Thursday, so I got a hotel with a pool. So the, maybe your girls could come and play with my girls in the pool. Uh, Mary might. Grace, you know, who knows? You know, Gra- I just well, want to hang know, out with Gracie. Cause like, speaking I, of that – feel like yeah. me and Gracie could have a pretty you would talk. You would love Grace. I wish everyone in the world could know Grace Miller because you'd be a better human for it after Can I call minutes. her Gracie or will that creep her out? Um, let's let's uh, go if with I Grace. if I walked into your house and I was like, "Hey, it's little Gracie." She would know because she would I would say this is my friend Chris Williams from Iowa. I pretty much helped get him every job he's ever had and um not really, just kidding. It's like an old douchebag thing that somebody used to say to me. And um she would she would be okay with it because she knows you know there and then she was little Gracie, but um, at any rate, yeah she uh, she and I are going to attend the Iowa Iowa uh, the Iowa State Kansas basketball game next Saturday on the fourteenth. Like I told you that we're not allowed to wear any Iowa State gear, unfortunately. So, um, but you know we're going to be there. Are you going to be there? No, I don't think I'm going to come down. Okay. It's possible that I'll have a last-minute deal to go down and cover the game, but I I doubt I will at this point. Okay. I think my wife works next weekend, so that that will be a cover it from home with the munchkins in the background. I don't know what the chancellor's box entails um, from a seating standpoint, but that's where we're sitting. So uh, how do you get to to the chancellor's box? I just. Is it because I, I, of your ultra liberal thoughts now? Like you're getting welcomed in by the big universities? Is that what's no, going on here? No, no. Uh, it has nothing to do with politics. I'm not going to say how that happened. I want to keep the identity of the uh, person. Um, you got some propane deals going on in uh, the chancellor's box? Potentially. Hank Hill? Or, may, or, or maybe not. Good for you. Just know You'll that be I'll be there. For Iowa State. We know that. You're a closet. In, in, silently, I will. I may outwardly be wearing a Jayhawk shirt, and I may outwardly the, cheer need, for Kansas State, for Kansas, but I don't, I, I have, I, listen, I don't have any allegiances or loyalties to that place. I went there, the last time I was there was in the late 90s. Rafe LaFrance was playing there, and he was shooting a free throw. 
Yeah. And it was dead quiet. Was that and I was in the, played them? No, different game. And I was in the nosebleeds. And I had to do it. I had to do it because I was like in my late 20s and I still thought that was funny something to do this. I went, it's dead quiet now when he's shooting a free throw in Allen Fieldhouse. And I go, traitor! <laughs> and people looked around at me. They didn't know what I, what I was referring. It was an inside yeah. joke. That's yeah. why I knew I wouldn't get pummeled. So I did that. That's a claim to fame for me. The last time I was in Allen Fieldhouse, it was the Ben, Back, ben McLemore bank shot. And in overtime, I was with Dave Zabolinski and, and Chris Hassel, and we were in the front row. We were not covering the game. We were there as fans. This was before Hassel moved to ESPN. It was like our going away party for Hassel. We had a driver mm-hmm. and everything. And Dave Zabolinski did the legendary Screaming Eagle scream. Dave can do this deal where he sounds like a five-year-old girl screaming with mm-hmm. the energy and loudness of a 30 year old man Mm. and the Kansas player missed the free throw and everybody from Fred Hoiberg to Bill Self looked over at us and was like oh my god what the hell was that (laughs) and it was Dave Zawinski oh that's great that's fantastic we were in the front row behind Iowa State's bench Mm. Royce White's like peering over at him, like it. What was, was Fred's? What was Fred's look? Like stop that, or <laughs> I, I think Fred had this like little smirk, like, oh my god, but it worked. Like he missed the shot in Iowa State. Like, it, it, but I think everybody was like kind of embarrassed, but also like, oh my god, that was hilarious and it worked. And then you had like an angry Bill Self. It was one of the most awkward moments of my life. Well, probably because you got those seats with a relationship to the coaching staff. Correct. Right. And Bill knows that, too, because you don't get those seats. Yeah. those seats, in Allen Fieldhouse. Yes. So Bill's probably like, really? I mean, if you're up in the cheap seats, I get it. But really? Really, Fred? You're. Can you come get your boy over here? <laughs> That's I'm pretty great. sure the current head coach is who gave us those seats. I was—I I mean, correctly. I assumed that, but I didn't want to like out. <laughs> no, I think, I'm just trying to think of like because that was a long time ago. What a deal! They—they uh, uh, they still. I wouldn't be shocked if next week Keith Murphy played it on KXNO because he still will play the Screaming Eagle. The sound, yeah, from the DVR. It was so evident when you were watching that game, like that this man child is is. Doing this panic. That game's got to be on TV, uh, on YouTube somewhere, is it not? Yeah, somebody will probably send it to us. I mean, yeah, somebody sent it to Chris, and Chris can send it to me, and um, all that sort of fun stuff. All right, enjoy your weekend. Uh, Are you too, about bud? Atheism. Uh, appreciate all of you guys. It's more than just that. It's about faith. I'm looking at all aspects of faith. Uh, if you're here in Central Iowa, get on out and uh, support our friends at Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Your favorite place to play. Have a great weekend. Oh, wait, real quick. I've got a I've got a, a podcast coming up this weekend with Mike Palm. We're going to do a betting preview for the national championship game. Very so nice. Stay tuned for that as well. Thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Iowa everywhere.